Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be ever praising to you, O most glorious God. Amen. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, peace from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It happened on March 4th. March 4th, 2016. Do you remember what happened on March 4th, 2016? No. I didn't either until I looked it up. March 4th, 2016, it was one of the most anticipated, most exciting family movies that came out. And I know many of you went and saw it, and many of you that were there and and, and watched it with your families, you were excited, and you even liked it. Adults. Dads. It was the movie Zootopia. Zootopia. And as the title says, Zootopia envisions this kind of animal utopia. In fact, it was slated as this. The modern mammal metropolis of Zootopia is a city like no other, comprised of habitat neighborhoods like the ritzy Sierra Square and the frigid Tundertown. It's a melting pot where animals from every environment live together. A place where no matter what you are, from the biggest elephant to the smallest shrew, you can be anything. And so according to the opening sequence, there were two types of animals there. Two groups. There was this vicious predator and there was the meek prey. And somehow over the time, these animals evolved. And they stopped having their, their primitive savage ways. And in fact, in the, in the opening scene in the school play, this little lamb says, I don't have to cower in, in the herd anymore. I can be an astronaut. And the snow leopard cub, he, he states, I don't have to be a lowly hunter anymore. Today, I can hunt for tax exemptions. But not everything was good in Zootopia. There was still crime. There was kidnapping. There was theft. There was prejudices that still existed between the the, the predators and the prey. And in fact, one fox says of the lead bunny character, Judy Hopps, who wanted to be a police officer, the fox says, who ever heard of a bunny cop? Zootopia is full of this anthropomorphic creatures with with human-like characteristics, with human-like personalities and clothing and, and jobs, but not a single human being set foot on that stage. Because Zootopia was a world that gone to the dogs. And this certainly is not the case with another idyllic portrayal of the animal kingdom. There's this painter, Edward Hicks, and he paints this wonderful picture. It is called The Peaceable Kingdom. And if you take a look at at this picture, you see not only an excellent example of early American folk art, but you see a beautiful illustration of our Old Testament lesson that was read today. From Isaiah 11, starting at verse 6, it says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, 
And the leopard shall lie down with the young goats, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. So now take a look at this picture again. See, every single animal portrayed in Isaiah is right there. All the elements of Isaiah's prophecy is there. It's in place and at peace in this peaceable kingdom. Man and beast are living together in harmony in the Garden of Eden. And that happened before there was any fear of man when Adam named every beast so that the children in, the, in this picture are perfectly at ease and, and at peace and perfectly safe with the lion, the leopard, and the bear. But Hicks did not understand this prophecy in a literalistic way that Isaiah wrote. Hicks did not understand it, which, which the lions would literally learn how to chew the cud and, and the children could play with cobras. He saw these animals as symbols of, uh, of a lasting peace on earth that Christianity was supposed to bring, that Christianity was going to bring to this world. And that is why, if you look very closely at the picture, in the background you see two groups of people. You see the Quakers, and you see the Native Americans. That part of the picture commemorates a special event in Quaker history when William Penn purchased the land from the Indians under the oak tree. And this is a world that was envisioned by William Penn and depicted by Edward Hicks, but it is a world that is just a dream. And maybe even Hicks recognized that. Because this picture is one of 60 versions of the painting that Hicks recreated in his lifetime. He had various compositions, different animals, the, the different arrangements and the different angles. It, it's almost like Hicks could not quite get the painting right. Hicks was trying to figure out what was perfect peace. What about us? We are similar in that way as, as human beings that we have never been able to quite get, or, or get peace quite right either. We're a long way from this lion and the lamb. We really work on trying to paint this perfect picture of peace in our lives. We want a perfect picture of peace, but the world is saying it's not going to happen. Peace has been broken, and it, and it happened this week. It happened last week with shootings at military bases, murders, robberies, hit and runs, evil words, gossip. All these things are, are robbing us of this peace. And so every time we paint this picture and every time our peace gets robbed, we in turn are like Hicks. We paint a new picture. And so we paint and paint and paint and paint. But then we have family quarrels and, and financial issues and health issues and death and, and the busyness of life continue to just take pieces of this painting. And we grab our, our paintbrush and we start again. 
paint another stroke. But we don't just do it here in this time of Advent. We do this year long. We paint and paint and paint, hoping that our picture of peace will be the last one we ever have to paint. It's an, an absolutely amazing what we do. We try to take God and we tell God that this is our picture. God, we want this picture to happen. God, we need this picture to take place. God, we want it in our way. We want it in our time. We take God and we wrap him up into these neat little packages uh, with our expectations. And, and when things don't go our way, we complain to God. We complain to God that you messed up the peace that we have. You messed up peace in our lives. And we complain to God because he did not do it the way that we thought was proper. There's this specter of hopelessness that continues to haunt us. We cry out to God because our peace continues to get robbed. We cry out for peace in this world. We cry out for peace for ourselves, for our future. We cry, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, bring us peace. And especially during this time, we cry, come. Come Lord Jesus, Come to us in this silent night. And come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come to us so that we don't have to fear, we don't have to be afraid, that we can sing with all confidence and joy that all is calm and all is bright. But who will bring us this peace? What about this messed up picture of peace? Who is going to lead us? Who leads this predator and prey so that they can come together? Well, did you really look at the reading that was read earlier from Isaiah? Because Isaiah points out in the midst of this mess who stands in the midst of the storm. Look at this. It says in Isaiah 6, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. A little child. The little child in Isaiah is none other than the babe in Bethlehem, our Lord Jesus Christ. The root and shoot of Jesse is also the seed of Eve. It, it's, it's new life from an old stump. It's the virgin son that, that this child born for us is also the little child that grew up and became Israel's Messiah in our Lord. A, a king who was born to die on, on a tree and rose to give us new life. And on the last day, and on the last day when Christ returns, he will create this new heaven and new earth and usher in this era of peace in the world without end. Old enemies will dwell together, reconciled by Christ. And the predator and the prey will lie down together in safety because creation will be restored. Creation will be brought back 
to the way it was when, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God made the creatures in the Garden of Eden, because everything was very good. A peaceable kingdom. A peaceable kingdom. We shouldn't be surprised at this strange turn of events. Because after all, the root and shoot of Jesse is also the lion and the lamb. The lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, which means that he came to take away your sin. He came to take away my sin. And he is the root of David who has conquered and defeated the devil. And one day, one day he will come again to judge the living and the dead and bring us peace. Praise God. Praise God for that. Shout out your hallelujahs. We should praise God for the peace that passes all understanding because it is not just a peace apart from conflict and pain, suffering and violence and confusion, but the peace that we rejoice in, this peace that we rejoice in and the hope born of the conviction that the storm, that the destruction, that the violence, that the hopelessness will not have the last word. But God, God who gives us in the midst of the storms of life a silent night, he brings us peace. The light of the world, the baby in the manger, the man on the cross resurrected and sits at the right hand. He has brought us peace that passes all understanding. A peaceable kingdom that we get to celebrate. And and, and it's more than just that picture that we see in the nativity scene. We are talking about the second advent. The second coming when the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. Come, Lord Jesus, bring us peace. Come, Lord Jesus, bring us peace. The painting is complete. We do not have to keep pulling out the paintbrush and adding things and changing things. Peace is ours. Peace has come. And so as we continue to long for that peace, we we wait for that day. We wait for the day that Jesus brings and, and we cry out just like we do at the end of the book of Revelation. We cry out, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. We cry out and we pray it and we pray it together. Come Lord Jesus And the grace of our Lord Jesus be with all. Isn't that amazing? A peaceable kingdom is ours. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we we sometimes wonder when peace will come. But peace has come, and peace 
we have because of what your Son has done for us. We thank you, Lord, that we do not have to create this peace. We do not have to create that picture because it has already been painted for us and given to us. And so, along with all your saints, we cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, and the grace of our Lord Jesus be with all. Amen.